Hi, and welcome to Health, Wealth and the Pursuit of Happiness, a podcast that will empower you to live a more inspired life and find real freedom. Each episode, Mark Dale Mazer and Aries Jimenez discuss best life practices, covering topics ranging from health and well-being, to true wealth and our relationship to money, to understanding what real freedom and happiness really is. They provide tools and a system for helping you live a balanced, authentic life in complete harmony with your mind, body and soul. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Health, Wealth and the Pursuit of Happiness. Today's topic will be inner listening. And before we get into our our discussion and conversation today, I'd like to share with you a quote. It's called The Voice. There's a voice inside of you that whispers all day long. I feel this is right for me. I know that this is wrong. No teacher, preacher, parent, friend, or wise man can decide what's right for you. Just listen to the voice that speaks inside. From Shel Silverstein, who is an American author um, known for writing children's books. And so inner listening is going to be a, a very interesting topic. So with that, Mark, why don't you define what that means for, for us today? Thank you, Aries. It really is a very deep topic and means, I think, something a little bit different to different people. I'm going to quote George Kinder in his terminology referring to art of listening or the, the inner listening as an art I would define inner listening as the ability to really get in touch with who you really are and to really be able to connect to spirit in the present moment. I think there's sort of two components to it. There's the the being in the present moment, neither the past nor the future. I think there's an inner listening component to that, and it's really knowing deep inside your soul and your spirit what is right for you who you are and in the moment for yourself what that means and at a high level i'm going to leave it at that now you mentioned that it is a an art or it could be described as an art yes i mean i would say it's definitely something that you need to practice agreed right so you can at some moment in your life be able to listen to that inner voice. Mm-hmm. But in order, I mean, I guess the, the goal is to be able to practice and to try to continue to do that as much as you can. Like, I mean, even to the extent that it's on a, on a daily, on an hourly, yeah. right? Yeah. Minute by minute level, yeah. yes. right? Absolutely. I think the, the most significant thing about the, the art of inner listening, and I think it is an art like you said, it's an acquired skill to be able to move almost at will into sort of that inner listening mode. And there are multiple paths to get there, obviously meditation and prayer and different models help us get there. But I think the most significant takeaway of the inner listening besides you knowing for yourself what it is for you in any given moment is really your presence with those around you. 
Because if there's anything that I personally have experienced in the art of inner listening that's been most profound, it has been as much what it's meant for someone that I might be across from as it is for just me being in touch with my inner self. And to really be present, and of course in the work that we do with clients, to be really present for them is incredibly powerful. It's a gift, it's a gift. And probably, I realize the impact of a practice of inner listening and what it can have on someone besides yourself. And it was an experience I had, as you know, I'm a graduate of the Kinder Institute and as such have participated now in two life mastery classes, which are always preceded by what George calls a day of inner listening. And in this day, we practice, I'm guessing somewhere between five to six hours of a combination of a, a sitting and a walking meditation. And in this meditation that we are focused on one thing and one thing only, which is our breath. Um, it is something that, again, in coming back to a particular thing that is happening in the moment, and we're not planning anything out in the future, and we're not sort of reliving anything in the past. We're just simply experiencing one moment at a time. Connecting. Rest, right. Connecting with yes. oneself. Right. At any right. given moment. So I came out of the first experience I've ever done this in the fall. And um, within about three or four days after I had done that, went through the Life Mastery class, got home, um, I do these quarterly dates with my kids. And it was my daughter's turn for her date with dad. And so we went uh, to our favorite restaurant. And... You know, when I came out of that two-day, I was extremely, I felt extremely grounded, more so than normal. And I did attribute to that, the one-day meditation, um, the, the one day of inner listening. But what I was so struck with, when we sat down for breakfast and we just started talking, I found myself more present in front of a human being that I could ever remember myself being, where there literally was nothing else going on. I wasn't, I mean, Leah was talking and I was just completely 100% there for her. And I always thought I was 100% there for her. And I would always say that I am virtually with anybody that I'm talking to. But the experience of the day of inner listening brought me to a deeper point of what really being present really is. And what I realized was is that truly the microphone was like off. The computer, the monkey mind, the constant being distracted with this or that or the person over there or the person over there or, oh, I forgot about this or I got to remember this or she said something which takes me into my own memory of something. So the distractions, all the those, things that distract us, the normal distractions of life. So when when you day, when you mention and you minute. and you say that 
you know, what's going on. Like there really wasn't anything going on in, inside, like distracting you. So you kind no. of were kind of at almost at peace. In a sense. Right. You're I was in a state in, of beating, being. Right. I was almost in a meditative state of being. The difference being I wasn't concentrating on my breath. I was concentrating on the vibration, the words, the facial expressions, and the energy emanating from my daughter. Right. That's all that was going on. And I wasn't trying to like make it happen. It was just happening. And it was an absolute, it was actually an absolute joy to just even experience. Just like it is in your deepest meditation where all you have is a present moment in your breath and there is an absence of everything else. Essentially the cause of suffering. Whether it's a bad memory, a bad feeling, a bad experience, and you keep reliving it, whatever it is. Right. But in that moment, where I have nothing but my body, my breathing, and experiencing just that. It takes me back to this, I think attributable to a story about Buddha and one of his disciples saying, Master, what is the definition of true happiness? He said, the end of all suffering. And then you think about how we suffer and where that suffering comes from and how it is all centered around self and the stories of self mm-hmm. and the pain of self and the defense of self and the justification of self. I mean, it's it's a whole polygon and a constant thing that we're all wrestling with. You eliminate that. Just eliminate it. Stop it. Completely stop it. For five seconds. For two seconds. For a second. And I truly believe you know true happiness. And so one way to do that then is for you is through meditation. That's been the model for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And it is an art. I mean, what, one of the things that I take from it as well is that you start with being able to connect with yourself, and by mm-hmm. by doing that, by doing that work, that allows you to connect with others, right? And, that, and right. that's kind of what happened here with with your daughter. Correct. Yeah, yeah. It's it's remarkable to see the power in that. Again, not only for oneself, but for one in whose presence you are in and to be able to really listen (laughs) and to really be there. And I think it's, I think it's felt, I think she felt that in no uncertain terms. And so what a wonderful gift to bring to somebody. And when you're the recipient of it or you're the giver of it, it really is one of the greatest things you can bring. So you had mentioned that there are multiple ways that we can access and do inner listening access one's inner inner self uh, one of them is meditation i mean what are what are some other ones that that you could think of i know for me for sure is is definitely prayer yeah right yeah um and how has that been for you the prayer part um how would you how would you say prayer helps you access your true self and your true nature I think what it does and when I think about active listening and part of my definition is um, regarding the practice of um, inner listening has to do with being open, though, 
you know, I think that's one of the first things that needs to be happen mm, that yeah. needs to happen is you have to be open to listening. And for me, prayer as it relates to you know being able to communicate, you know, communication is is for me prayer is is two ways, right? Is so I'm able to pray and pray to in, in this case to, to to God, right? I'm I'm a Jesus follower, so you know I pray and then I also am open to Him. Like speaking, speaking mm-hmm. to me, right? So that's kind of that's kind of a way that I I practice, and I do that I do that on a on a regular basis, on a daily basis, and I definitely do feel like it does allow me to live in the present and just focus and be in the present. So it's been great for me, I and mean, especially when you know you pray about something, and then you also. I hear how he's speaking to me or you see something happen and, and something happened during the day. Where yeah. I felt like, yeah. you know what, that, that was a direct answer to, to my prayer, how I was talking to God. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, I think, I think there are definitely other ways to be open to, you know, one of them is definitely meditation, you know, whether it's a quiet time, just being, being quiet with yourself, whether that's, through meditation or just being out there in nature and just kind of being alone. I think that's one way to, of just being open mm-hmm. to, to being, being open to this energy source, this yes, frequency. Right. I also, I also feel like it's done through whether it's reading something, right? Like for me, reading scripture, reading yeah. the Bible or even reading books, yeah. right? It doesn't have yeah. to be like, it doesn't have to be the Holy Bible, but also I think through other people too, but in every single one of those, those examples, of of ways to practice inner listening, I think one of the things that absolutely needs to happen is that when you do those things, you have to be open to receiving something. I would to agree. Be, to yeah. be able to listen, to hear something. Right. Right. It's how something impacts and, and hits you. Yeah. So, you know, well, one of the things that I, as I was thinking through the concept of inner listening, you know, I thought about a radio and mm-hmm. there being a, a frequency, right? A radio frequency that's that's always there. That's there 24/7. And you could almost we could view ourselves as, you know, an antenna, right? Or mm-hmm. a, a satellite dish. And are we are we open and are we are we pointed in the right direction, right? To be able to are we tuned in tuned in to like, the station. Exactly. To that right frequency to be able yeah. to receive that. Yeah. You know, one of the other things that comes to mind too, I just thought about a, like a car battery hmm. and just the concept of electricity, right? Mm-hmm. A, a source of energy and there, there being a current and how sometimes with a car battery, there could be like corrosion on the connection. Right. And because of that, that the current isn't as strong, right? So you got to go in there and you got to kind of, you know, with a, with a steel brush, you got to, you got to scrub out right. the rust and that mm-hmm. corrosion to yeah. make sure that 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 connection is clean and is clear, right? Yeah. To be able to flow through. So, and when I think about whether it's, you know, that corrosion in, in, in regards to the battery or even with, with the radio frequency, I think of like interference, right? I think those are distractions that you have to kind of address or let go of or um, remove mm-hmm. in order for you to to be able to connect with, yourself or with others yeah 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 i agree there is a there really is an 
opening, I think, that occurs when we turn off all the distractions. Because if you think about it, or at least you and I have discussed, if we're truly spiritual beings in human bodies, the very essence and spirit of who we are, it's there 24-7, operating nonstop as an energy force in the world. And so it's always on. It's always speaking. And so that speaking can come from within, as you say. It could come from another individual. It could come from what another individual wrote or spoke in a recording. Or as you say, sometimes in nature, you can actually pick it up from really any living energized being or thing Mm -hmm. we're all made of the same stuff just different forms right and assemblies of molecules and atoms at least in the physical sense so and the question then comes if that's the essence of the purest communication that we could all aspire to and hope for it is our responsibility to keep the frequency on the station Keep the noise at a minimum. Keep the rust off the connection, whatever it is. And gosh, there's analogies that can go on forever as to what represents the rust on a connection or what are the distractions, the emotions, the, the worries, the doubts, the fears, the guilt, all these negative thoughts, all these self-defeating ideas, stories, and it goes on and on and on. And so there must be a way that we can turn it off. And clearly meditation is one way. And prayer is another way because your your focus is beyond yourself. Right. And with meditation, your focus is only on one particular aspect of yourself which is your breath. There's nothing else. And then, of course, what makes it an art is the ability to practice it. Just like an artist develops a particular technique over time by practicing and practicing. And I think the actual art of the practice is that you practice using the muscle that gets you from the thought in meditation back to the breath. Oops, caught up in the monkey mind, come back to the breath. It's that coming back muscle. Or in prayer, it's a similar thing. Yeah, It's the reaching out and listening and connecting muscle and going deep within muscle that we just keep exercising it until we get really good at it. Right. And that we can like step like we do in a gym. Step in a gym, get on the bench and do it. And your muscles are, they're accustomed to it. They're ready. They'll respond. They know what to do. And so that's what we really all, I think, would benefit by is finding what that is for us and practicing that muscle of access because it's always there. (laughs) It's always on. The, let's talk about some of the things that get in the way, some of the distractions yeah. that get in, get in the way from us um, even being able to pra- practice it. Right, right. right. Um, 
you know, a lot of the things that, you know, some of the things that I, I think of is just, just the busyness of life, right? The, the to-do list, the things that, you know, going from here to there, or I got to go do this, that inner dialogue that you have, or, or, um, I forgot to do this yesterday. Mm -hmm. I I need to go plan and do this next week. All of that, all of those different things, the busyness. Um, if you don't, if you don't carve out the time to, to be able to practice, whether it's prayer, meditation, like these, these things, be intentional about it. Um, and, and try to try to shut all those things off at, at least for, for a little bit, 20 minutes. I mean, you know, it, it huge, make a huge difference in your life. I mean, what are some other distractions, some other things that, that you feel like can get in the way? Well, I think it's probably different for everybody. Uh, to me, the biggest distraction really is just being too wrapped up in self and the needs of the ego, which I fi- probably find as the biggest distractor. Because my experience on a daily basis is with every experience I have some reaction to. And the reaction sometimes will get me caught up into some big story. And as I was sharing with you earlier that at the Kinder Mastery class that I just came from on Saturday, I had an experience which was somewhat uncharted territory for me. And I was in an exercise in which I was delivering a torch. I was to deliver a torch, but the reality was I was not doing a very good job with it. I was really struggling. I just couldn't find the connection. Can, can you describe for our listeners what a torch is? So the torch is in, yeah, in our sort of process of bringing and finding an inspiration for clients. We end up painting the picture of a moment in time that looks something like this. And the torch is an explanation of what that experience is that we're actually sharing. The torch analogy because we look to literally light their torch. And so as part of the Kinder Institute program in the process of life planning, in the first two steps of the process uh, where we explore and then we bring a vision to the client, we were going through a very short simulated version of this with the goal of getting in a role playing, getting a torch to a client. And I really struggled with it. Now for me, the experience was significant because I, in my own mind, failed at it. And so now, from that point forward of failure, I'm all wrapped up in my failure. In your negative feelings Correct. around that, what um, just happened. Yes. You know, disappointing my colleague, not delivering for my colleague that I was doing the role playing for, and really felt like I dropped the ball. I failed her. And so, with that feeling came the guilt. It came all of these things from wrapped up in my story and I could not turn it off. And in my old self days, I could be ruminating about this thing all through the evening, not sleep at night, wake up the next day still like guilty and bashing myself over it. I mean, it could go on and on. Just being hard on yourself? It's complete insanity. Yeah. Yeah. When you think about it, just complete suffering for no reason whatsoever. But the wiring is there. It's like the hard wiring. I can't stop it. But now I can't stop it. And I could stop it actually relatively quickly. 
by, I call it sort of a stop, drop, and roll. When you're on fire, what do you do? You stop. You drop literally on the ground, and you roll to put yourself out. So I have this same stop, drop, roll with the whole monkey mind and the out-of-control thought, which is you you are in, you're like on fire, okay? The thoughts are- They just keep coming. They keep coming. It's growing. It's growing. I'm burning up. I stop right there. I grab the thought that started the whole darn thing and I drop it. And I roll into something else immediately. So I give no momentum, no momentum at all to that thought. So I could drop into just stopping and breathing and realizing, as Thitnakhan would say, you are here and you are breathing. I'm breathing in, I'm breathing out. I'm breathing in, I'm breathing out. Now what I've done is I've stopped the thought because when I'm concentrated on my breath and only my breath, I can't think like I was thinking when I was on fire. And not just that, but by by concentrating on your breath, you're, you're living in... In the, the moment. moment, what you were doing is you were still living in the, the past, past of what happened. Exactly, exactly, right? right. Yeah. So once again, if you can get yourself to back to the present moment, is is one way of sort of that role. Mm-hmm. Another way is that I you like find that. the counter thought. You know, the thought to what has been really good, and just. But the most important thing, like with fire, is you have to put it out, and you can't give it a chance to reignite which is why you roll. Mm-hmm. You have to put it out. It cannot continue on. Right. And that's how I look at it. Well, you, you'd mentioned the ego or the self because I, I feel like this is something that I want to dive into as well is because when, when we think about inner listening, I think a lot of the things that we're listening to can be a, a number of different things, right? One of them, what we're truly trying yeah, to listen to. Different is what, voices. Right, is what our, our inner spirit is, is what our inner spirit is saying, is trying to communicate to us. But you also have this idea of the, the ego and the self, and there, there, there are also inner dialogue centered around that, Yeah. right? So let's let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I think that the, the key there really is being aware of what's really at play mechanically in us as human beings, and we all suffer from this. You, we have a self-identity. It's how we get along in a time-space reality on Earth. Um, we have a persona. We have a personality. We have a name. We have, with that name, sort of a sort of defining of the type of human being or person that we are. Right. And we are relating in the world to those around us with this definition of what that is. And it's developed however it's developed. We come into the world a blank slate and we are formed by the environment around us and some of the DNA that comes down through the lineage. But either way, we're sort of molded with this persona and ego. And it's not a bad thing. Not a bad thing at all. It's the way we are in this life experience on planet Earth. The key is understanding that 
and understanding the distinction between a voice coming from there or a voice coming from your soul and the essence of who you are in spirit, which is a different voice. And the characteristic of the message of the voice is a very discerning clue as to where it's coming from. Right. As we discussed before a little bit offline prior to the podcast that spirit, the essence of spirit, knows no guilt. It knows no negative thought. It knows only love. It knows only acceptance. It knows only perfection. It knows nothing else because that's the essence of who we are. And so when we hear these messages and we hear these voices, when it's anything other than that, it is not from spirit. And if it's not from spirit, why do you want to listen to that? Right. Or as my hair professional's father (laughs) told her, which I love this, he said, why would you want to rent space to anybody in your own mind. Why would you want to do that? So someone puts this thought in your mind or this idea or this puts a guilt trip on you, whatever it is, you know, why are you sort of allowing them in to rent space there? They don't belong. Right. You know, those things, those ideas, those thoughts, they're incongruent with who we truly are. And that's why we suffer because it's inconsistent with who we are. So one one practical application then is once you once you're listening to the different voices from inside is really asking yourself where is that truly coming from? Yeah, and knowing that, where it's coming from. Yeah, is that coming from my ego or myself? Right? And what is it concerned about? Why is it having these thoughts or is it coming from a place of love and is right. that really coming from my spirit? Right. Yeah. And I think when we really get down to it we know without question where it's coming from and if it's not coming from spirit it's a choice to listen or not listen it's a choice to give the thought more momentum right it's a choice to continue down the rabbit hole with that thought or do you stop drop and roll so i want to talk about examples in our own personal lives about when uh what happens when when you do listen to the spirit the inner voice inside. What comes out of that? Well, I think what comes out of that for every single human being on earth is setting you in a direction where you're supposed to be. Who you're supposed to be, what you're supposed to be doing, and where you're supposed to be going. Big picture, metaphorically wise. I mean, literally. Because I do believe we all have a purpose to be here. Um, We have a reason for being And there is work for each of us to do here. And the only guiding light that we have to know what that is, is our spirit. Right. And when we talk about a life of inspiration in our previous podcast, that's what we're talking about. A life led by spirit. Pretty simple. And doing it intentionally. And that's the other key, is we've got to make choices that point us in that direction. It's a very simple formula. But it is not easy to do because the self is one tough cookie. And whether you've got 30 years of self, 40 years of self, or 60 years of self, 
and the more you have of it, maybe on some levels, the toughest, the tougher it could it be. Is. Yeah. yeah. So I think the earlier in life that you can figure this out, the better off you're going to be on that path. So to answer your question, that's what listening will do for you. Right. And heeding the right communication that's coming through and the right signal. One of the things that you brought up is the um, the fact that we have choices that we make in life, right? And with all of these different choices, it's it's a matter of which choices you say yes to and which choices you say no to. Yeah. And and following what following your spirit, I think will will guide you in making the right choice. I think for me personally, like when I think back at some big choices that I made in my life, I think about just a relationship and kind of how Mel, my wife, yes, how we got together. Mm-hmm. Because we really, we, we started out, we were friends first. I knew her ever since fifth grade. We grew a, a, a very strong friendship. She was considered my best friend. You know, she considered me hers. But we got to a point in college where, you know, we, we were able to reconnect. And even I would have these little thoughts here and there about, you know, when you think about, know finding someone yeah right to, to spend the rest of your life with i would have these little thoughts that would cross my mind that would tell me like what about mel mm. and then i would put those things out because like no just that's that's not gonna happen i'm not gonna go there i'm not gonna allow it to go there because wow. she's wow she's a good friend i didn't want to take that risk mm. wasn't sure if she felt the same way interesting and so there was this time when we were in you know we were in college already and you know, I, I felt like there was something inside of me that was just want, that wanted me to tell her how I felt. Yeah. And it got to a point where I couldn't I couldn't ignore it. And there was a lot of risk. And for me, there's a lot of fear and anxiety around like if I did tell her, like, what would you know, what what might happen? You know, our friend, you know, something might, you know, she might not feel the same way and that'll negatively affect our friendship. Right. Yeah. But there's just, you know, I just kind of followed it and I, I, I came to peace with it. And I said, well, but what if, what if she did feel the same way? Right. And so um, long story short, I did, I did tell her how I felt <laughs> and we've been together ever since. Right. And so um, for me, that's one example of listening to, you know, my spirit and not listening to my ego and and you know my ego or myself you know being concentrated on kind of the the negative things around yeah. it and the fear yeah and what if she doesn't feel the same way you don't want to go do that right and so you know when i think about inner listening those are those are some some examples and and i, I would even say this too because we were together for a long period of time prior to me proposing to her yeah, and even prior to proposing to her, I remember this vividly. I was, I was at church in a service. We were still boyfriend and girlfriend, but I was sitting there praying. I was being open to what my spirit had to say, what God had to yeah. say to me. Yeah. And there was this question that was posed in my head: Was well, what's stopping you from proposing to her, making her your wife? Like, what are you waiting mm-hmm. for, almost? Mm-hmm. And I didn't really have a good, you know, I didn't have a good enough answer for that question. Yeah. Like the, the answers that I think I was coming up with at that time 
were really driven by self. Well, it's because I'm not in a financial in in the financial position that I wanted to be in. I didn't have these certain things that I wanted to accomplish in my life. You know, I kind of had this this path, this plan. But I, I felt like my spirit was telling me, well, it's not about that. It's if you wait for that, like there's always going to be the next thing. Yeah. If you wait for that, like the most important thing is that you love her, you want to spend the rest of your life with her, and that you'll be able to provide and give her everything that she needs. Mm-hmm. And so it was at that moment that I knew I was like, you know what? And and I definitely wasn't in a position that I thought mentally where I where I wanted to be. Yeah. But I was like, I'm I'm just gonna do it. And by doing it, like I've never I've never looked back. I didn't regret like taking the steps. Yeah. And actually doing that. Yeah. I would say that that for me is probably the probably yeah, the great. best decision I ever made in my life. Right. So yeah. Great story. I mean, for for you, is there anything that that you know anything that comes out for you, like anything that you'd like like to share? Well, specifically, in terms of heeding the spiritual call, yeah. So not, so not listening, heeding, or listening to. Well, not listening. I can think of examples of both: not listening and listening. Of course, listening is a much better experience than not listening. (laughs) (laughs) Not listening led, for me, to a lot of pain and a lot of suffering in a relationship that meant a lot to me in which I wasn't being authentic. I wasn't being honest, and I was very much my spirit and my heart was trying very hard to push me to be honest and to put me and to push me to be authentic. And I felt there was too, I was just fearful of too high of a price to pay for that, which was just a construct in my mind. It had no validity whatsoever. Part of this sort of self ego thing that sort of had a hang up on this or that or the other thing, who knows what it is, doesn't matter. But it caused a lot of suffering. Uh, The relationship suffered. To this day, the relationship suffers. On the other hand, counter that was being led very strongly by spirit to a type of work that I thought really resonated with me. And that's the other thing. You know, I think that when we learn to touch and kind of connect in with our feelings, our feelings I'd say our feelings are as much a vibrational match to what's right for us or not right for us as anything. It's a guiding system. It is. I think it's the strongest guiding system we have. And the better we're at in being in touch and in tune with that and being able to listen to that appropriately, the better off we are. And I remember reaching a point with whether I should take this direction or that direction and should I follow my sort of gut, my intuition on this thing. The feeling was overwhelmingly strong and in favor of doing it. And and I was at a point where I think I knew enough to know that to not follow this intuition would be a death knell for me, literally. And so... I just kept putting one step forward after another. 
which led to really a major career shift and change and led me to the Kinder Institute, which led me to uh, the path that I'm on now, which is leading people to discover who they are and to live a most inspired life. Right. And to me, I can't think of anything more rewarding. It is a definition of what I was really meant to be doing. And it's, and I know that. I just know that. I know that like I've known very little other things. And there have been other things in my life like that, but not as strong as this is in terms of like a calling. Right. As it relates to your work and... Correct. Yeah. And my reason for being. And so those are two examples of both ways. I think one of the things that you mentioned too is as it relates to living an inspired life and, and following your spirit right, and following your heart and you know, being in tune with your emotions is just you're not going to get the, the big picture. You might not fully see and understand the big picture, but if you take just one, take it one step at a time, just follow, you know, and say yes to what it's telling you to do and things will continue to start opening up yeah. for you, right? And then you'll find yourself in a place where, I, and I know that's definitely the case for me as, as it relates to my spiritual walk, was you just look back and all the different yeses, saying yes to the good things where yeah. you're being yeah. spirit-led, but also saying no, like looking back to the decisions that I said no to because they weren't spirit-led yeah. or they were ego-driven. Yeah. And then you look back at that course of time and you're just like, wow, I can't, you know, I can't believe. Like you, you think about the journey, right, that you took to get where you are today. And it's so, to me, it's so fascinating, right? Like you can't, you can't really draw that up and plan for something like that to happen. Exactly. No, you can't. Nothing happens like that. <laughs> it doesn't unfold that way for most of us, maybe even all of us. So it's really, it's really an important piece of life. I'd say a central piece of living. And how would I put this in the context of what our work is, which is helping people live an inspired life? You have to get in touch to live inspirationally, and you have to find a way to get that. And inner listening and the practice of inner listening is probably the best path to get there. And that's the importance and significance of this topic and why we are sharing and why we're discussing it today at the length that we are. And that there, folks, is the key takeaway from our, our discussion today so it is isn't it yeah i think you hit it right on the spot right on the spot there so um with that said i mean was there anything else that you'd like to add you want to share with our audience the only thing i would share is give yourself the gift of knowing how to listen to your spirit and develop if you are practicing you know on a regular basis going inward, continue to do so. If you can give yourself 20 minutes a day consistently, because a practice means that you're just doing it. There's no such thing as a good practice and a bad practice. There's only a good practice. And a good practice simply means you're practicing. And you're doing it on a regular basis, on a daily basis. 20 minutes is great. An hour is even greater. An hour, I could tell you, will change your life. Two to three hours will probably 
literally transform you in a way you could never even imagine. So for those of our listening audience with an open heart and a very curious mind and wanting more and wanting to go after something really inspirational, start here. That's my advice. Sounds good. So with that, till next time, and our our saying goes, be free and be happy. And until then, thanks for listening. Some of the concepts and tools used in the process of helping you discover a more balanced and inspired life are provided by the Kinder Institute, Money Quotient, and The Strategic Coach. These may be referenced throughout different episodes of the podcast, and you can learn more about each of them in our show notes at hwph.org. You can also find more information about the work Mark and Aries do at sandiegowealth.com. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn, and available directly via email with feedback, questions, and more at us at hwph.org. Thank you all for listening.